The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 16 the Great British Chief Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom, myself Brad Simcox aka the Brit Chief and our headlines editor Tom Childs. A couple of things we're going to be touching on this week, Uh, we're going to touch a little bit on the training camp and everything that's been happening in that so far and Tom and I will be giving you our five predictions for the new season that we are 99.99% sure are going to happen. But first, Tom. Are you enjoying the Olympics, bud? Yeah, I'm gutted that yeah. it's basically over now. Um, yeah. We have the same issues over here that people in the USA have, and that's time difference with Tokyo. Like, in terms of time difference, it's probably one of the worst staged Olympics you could possibly get for us. Um, a lot of it's happening in the very, very early hours of the morning or yeah. in the morning whilst you're at work. So I'm catching bits and bobs it, of it. Of it. I've enjoyed the uh, velodrome cycling. I've enjoyed yeah. the, the the team volleyball, the indoor volleyball. Um, I've caught as much as I can, but you know, it, it is it's tough to catch it when you've got the issues of having to go to a, a day job. If I could work from home, I would just sit there all day and watch the Olympics because I do enjoy it. I did think that the the fact there wasn't going to be a crowd in the stadium was going to dampen mm. it a little bit, but. I was completely wrong on that. It's still been excellent to watch. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to Paris in three years' time when we only have to deal with an hour each way, so it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, catching stuff live has been quite difficult. And we, we, we've been catching it up really on um, the, uh, the the television streams that we've got on live on catch-up and stuff like that on BBC yeah. and stuff, haven't we? But, I mean, my family's been basically looking at the, uh, the, the rock climbing. We've been really enjoying the rock climbing because um, my son, he does bouldering. He, mm. He's quite into that. Um, but did you see the people who were doing the speed climb? I didn't know. Did you not see the speed climb? They were like, uh, I didn't even know that was an Olympic like, event. Is that a new yeah. year? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. it was new this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was three classes. There was uh, the speed climb, there's bouldering, and then there was like this lead climb where they use it with ropes and stuff. But the most impressive one was the speed climb because this wall was like, I don't know the exact height of it, but it was really tall. Yeah. And uh, they were getting up there in like six, seven seconds. Really? And it, it was honestly, if you ever get a chance to watch it, you'd be just completely amazed at how quick they go up. They're like Spider Man, the way they go up there. <laughs> Do you, you mentioned crazy. that your son does climbing? 
Do you uh, do you worry that one day he's going to go like too far and like get into like free soloing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry, like to sit here and like cause you nightmares on a Friday <laughs> afternoon. Like, you're going to be sitting there worrying about your son now for the next twenty years. But like, I watched Free Solo not too recently, and I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. Um, yeah, I have. Yeah, when he closed is like, the Yosemite's, is it in California? Yeah. And uh, yeah. like the whole thing, I, I'm scared of heights. So I sat there watching the whole film with like the sweatiest of palms and I'm not even climbing the thing. Like, I'd be useless. I would slip and die immediately. But um, <laughs> like, I, I I do feel for you as a parent of a son that oh. enjoys climbing. Yeah, I'd rather you than me, to be honest. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, the thing is, they've encouraged him because he's actually got into a team now. So I'm thinking, oh my God, is this going to be like, this is going to be <laughs> terrible. Um but no, it's, I think it's more my wife. My wife's very much uh, scared of what he's going to come back with, with, you know, he's going to be falling from great heights and stuff like that. Because at bouldering, you don't actually use, um, you don't actually use a rope. It's not that quite, it's not too high of a, of a climb, but you don't use a rope on bouldering. So um, yeah, she's always, she's always worried about him all the time. But there's, I mean, there's a big kind of like squishy marshmallow mattress on the bottom. Yeah. So you're, ne- you're never going to get really hurt on it. Yeah. So, but anyway, there is a reason why we're raising the Olympics here because we've actually had a thought on this. Uh, we're going to kind of keep it cheese related. We just recently watched the four by one hundred relay race. Uh, yes, okay, USA didn't quite make it into the finals, and uh, apparently it has been quite embarrassing for them. But we've had a thought that maybe if the Chiefs had to put in an Olympic four by one hundred relay team, who would be in that team? Four players from the Chiefs to go up against the world. Well, seeing that we are collectively the creators of the Legion of Zoom nickname, I don't. <laughs> I feel like there's no one else that's more qualified to make this judgment than, exactly. than us. Um, the Legion of Zoom is very much still alive because as long as Tyreek Hill is still in Chiefs uniform, the Legion of Zoom ex- exists. So the first yeah. one is obviously Tyreek Hill. And yeah. I feel like he should take the role of like Usain Bolt, but he should take the last leg. Like we yeah, all remember yeah. the four by 100 meter final from 20, 2012 in London when it was USA versus Jamaica. And it yeah. was so close going into that final leg. And then as soon as the, the baton went to Usain Bolt, it was over. It, it was <laughs> over. So Tyreek Hill should be our expert at the end. Yeah. And then I'm going to put in his running mate, Nicole Hardman as well. I'm, I'm going to have Nicole Hardman making the start. He's going to be the one that gets us off to a fast start. So you're yeah. talking about two guys that run sub four, three, 40 times there, they're going to be our our first and our last. But we've gone for a slightly different position for our second and third leg. So I'll let you carry on with this one. (laughs) Really? Really? You're going to leave me with this? All right. Okay. I Um, don't want you picking Chris Jones. I know Chris Jones loves the limelight, (laughs) but he cannot be in our relay team. Um, I think the other person we kind of earmarked for this would be be Legereus Sneed, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, Because I think, did you mention he ran a... Four three eight or something like that, and the four three uh, seven. Four three seven. So there we go. So he, he's got some rapid speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'd be interested to see what Nick Bolton's time is because <laughs> 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 he's pretty quick. He is pretty no. quick. But um, no, I think I think the the other person we should really put in is probably uh, one Thornhill. Yeah, uh, because he he's another kind of forty time guy. I think was he four four. I think it was his his forty yeah, time. He was quick. Um, so I think, I think I would probably have Thornhill on the third stage, yeah, and Lugeri Steed on the second, taking it from 
McCall Hardman. And they, and if they go go up against Jamaica and uh, you know Usain Bolt comes out of retirement, we might have uh, the Tyreek Hill and Usain Bolt race after that. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's true. <laughs> the key thing here is having guys that can handle the baton. So that yeah. it would no be it would be no good having someone like I don't know. Um, Javarius Ward, Ward or Demetrius <laughs> Harris, uh, guys that traditionally aren't great at catching the football. So you can't have those guys handling batons. So Juan Thornhill, Legereus Sneed, we know they're up to speed when it comes to catching things. Maybe the maybe the weakest link on this team is McCall Hardman. <laughs> and maybe that's why he has to go Ooh. first. Um, yeah, because yeah. yeah, he's just handed over, isn't he? He's not, getting, he's not taking anything. Yeah, he's not catching anything. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, there. Yeah. So there's, there's our, our Olympic, our shoehorned, Olympic theme chat into this podcast. Um, <laughs> please stay with us. It does get more interesting. I promise you this. <laughs> <laughs> we like to do a bit of a quirky thing at the beginning, don't we? Um, did you um, did you manage to catch the the uh, Hall of Fame game last night? I watched bits of it. I watched the highlights this morning. Not I watched many highlights. It, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not one of these guys that completely like poo on the preseason. Like, yeah, it's there for a reason. It, like yeah. last year, we didn't have the preseason. And there were slow starts from some teams because of it. Um, mm. When you've got new regimes with new coaches, new players, it, it helps to have the preseason. And the Hall of Fame game is just a ceremonial thing, really, isn't it? There's a reason yeah, why yeah. starting quarterbacks don't play in it, because it is all for um, the glitz and glamour of the Hall of Fame. Yes, the game was rubbish. It was, what, 16-3 to the Steelers. But what it does mean is that we are at another milestone of the off season and we are one step closer to actual football yeah it was it was crazy to think that we're actually watching something live and not something that that we've been watching back from game pass over the off season mm-hmm. um but um it actually got me th- me thinking and it, and i'm sure this comes up quite often when the hall of fame game is on but the current chiefs team who do we think are the absolute shoo-ins for the Hall of Fame when they finish their careers from this current team right now? I mean, there's a few, obviously, notable ones, and, yeah, you know, we will go into them. But um, is there anybody in there that you think, yeah, we, they're absolute shoe-ins, other than Mahomes? You can't say Mahomes. <laughs> absolute shoe-ins. Right, I think yeah. if their season ended, to, um, if their careers ended today, I think you've got two people on the Chiefs roster that definitely make the Hall of Fame if their yeah. career ended today. And that's Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. Ooh, I think, right, okay. I think mm-hmm. they're in. I think they're in regardless. Yeah. They could hang up their cleats or Andy Reid could put down his clipboard and his whistle today and just say, right, I've had enough. And in five years' time, they're both first ballot. I, I yeah. fully expect that. Then you've got the guys like Patrick Mahomes, for example, yeah. who has arguably done enough to get into the Hall of Fame. But if he, if he retires after three full seasons and a single game, they're not going to damage really, it a bit. Yeah, yeah. they might they go, actually know. Do we really want to stick this guy in? So he's he he could now just go and have the most boring NFL career for the next 15 years and he will make it. He just needs to play a few more years. He's already done yeah. enough to warrant being in the Hall of Fame. And then you've got other guys on the outside, but I'll let you go with those guys because I think we yeah. disagree on one of them in particular. Really? All right. Okay. Well, so you mentioned Mahomes, Kelsey. Um, I've, I've got Hill down as one of them that would be a shoe in, but then I've got a kind of question mark against it. And I don't know why, because he's just been electric. He's been, you know, he's been such a, um, a, a talisman wide receiver. He is the WR1. He's managed to shake off that punt return tag that he had 
when he mm. first came into the into the league. Um, I mean, we'll probably touch on that a bit more in a minute, but um, I actually think as well, I mean, Tyron Matthew uh, has just got better and better and better. Yeah. And he's already, you know, put himself up there as, as being one of the best safeties in the league right now. Um, just ask Madden for that. They'll tell you, they'll tell you he's one of the best at the minute. Um, and I've also got, <laughs> I've got Steve Spagnuolo in there. And yeah, you know, it's, it, he's what, won three Super Bowl rings, is he now? I think um, he's managed to change a Chiefs defense into uh, one of the best, de- well, a Super Bowl winning defense as well. Mm-hmm. And what he did, obviously, with the Giants, where he managed to stop Tom Brady winning yet another two rings, mm. I think that just puts him in the hall itself straight away because of that fact. Yeah, I don't know if it's. I, I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure he was only there for the first um, Giants Super Bowl win in two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah, I might, I might be wrong on that one, but that one is legendary, obviously, because the Patriots were eighteen and zero going into um, the <laughs> Super Bowl and widely tipped to do away with the Giants quite comfortably. And then we all know what happened with their front four of yeah. Michael Strahan and et cetera, and the way they just dominated Tom Brady. But I'm not convinced that Steve Spagnuolo has done enough. Um, really? Yeah, the people are going to look at the, the two, like the two Super Bowl wins and the defensive performances in both of them and think, yeah, they're very good. But outside of that, he's had a fail head coaching career. Um, I mm. feel like for him to warrant being in the Hall of Fame, I feel like he needs to take another step into head coaching, which he's said in the past is something that he wants to do. Um, mm. I feel like he needs to go back and do that and have a successful coaching career with a playoff uh, uh, entry and maybe a playoff win or two. And then potentially he has the, the resume, the CV to get into the Hall of Fame. But mm. we'll have to wait and see on that one. Back to Tyreek Hill. Now, Tyreek Hill is an interesting case because I feel like yeah. he should be in the conversation for sure but I feel like he also needs to add more to his CV to his resume yeah. because the thing is with the NFL at the moment there are so many good wide receivers it is a pass happy league mm. and you're going to have receivers putting up stats after stats after stats where Tariq Hill can separate himself is in like the big touchdowns like in terms of plus 50 yard touchdowns plus 40 yard touchdowns if he can manage to accumulate all of the records linked to the big plays then he's going to have something different which separates him from the other good receivers of this generation. The ones that will have similar sort of yardage, but they won't have the big play touchdowns. And you can make a career off off a niche and you can make a a Hall of Fame candidacy uh, candidacy off a niche as well. And if that can be Tyreek Hill's thing that gets him in and separates him above everyone else, then for sure. But he needs to keep adding and piling on those big touchdowns in order Mm -hmm. to really make his case. I've actually got Chris Jones down here as well. I've just noticed that. Um, and yeah, he's another one who could be in that conversation. I mean, um, yeah, he's normally been obviously the interior guy, but um, I mean, if he really makes a go at this defensive end, he could he could find himself in that conversation of being in the Hall of Fame eventually. If he if it works out at the defensive end, I think it's I think it's a good a good opportunity for him for sure. Yeah, with, with Chris Jones, you probably need to look at like the likes of Fletcher Cox and see what happens yeah. after he retires. And if if he makes the Hall of Fame, then, and Chris Jones continues to produce at the level he has already has produced, then, yeah, there will be a case to be made. But I just think we're far too early into Chris Jones' career 
um, yeah. for us to sit here and say, yeah, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. It's different to Mahomes. Mahomes is a quarterback. There's always going to be that extra attention on a quarterback that people are always going to mm. try to put quarterbacks into the Hall of Fame. Where de- for defensive players, especially defensive linemen, you need to be special. It's really special to get into the Hall of Fame. You need to be the best of your era, if not one of the best. And unfortunately for Chris Jones, he's always going to be second to Aaron Donald. But if he can maintain being second or third, always being up in that 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 podium, the top podium of of um, defensive tackles and defensive linemen in the NFL, when it comes to ten years time, when they're talking about um, who's up for first ballot, then potentially Chris Jones could be that guy. But he just has a lot more work to do first, and I'm sure he he has that in mind. I'm sure he wants to be a Hall of Famer. All NFL players want to be a Hall of Famer, but he probably realizes that if he can just keep racking up sacks after sacks after sacks along with Super Bowl wins, then he stands an excellent chance. Actually, while we're on, mate, we've just seen some breaking news, actually, that Josh Allen has finally signed his deal with the Bills. And it's a big money deal as well. Really? Huge money deal. Yeah, it's it's apparently it's averaging 43 million per year. Wow. Wow. What's Mahomes' deal? 45? 45 a year, yeah. So, yeah, Cap Helmet. <laughs> Welcome to Cap Hell, Buffalo well, Bills. So today is officially the first day that Mahomes' contract looks cheap, like a bargain. Like, yeah. We all thought it anyway. The day, yeah. the day he signed it, we thought it was a bargain. But now it's been proved that it it's is proven a in what, like one year? Yeah, so... He really did set the market, didn't he? Mahomes set the market and he set the market whilst winning Super Bowls and MVPs and everything. Josh Allen had one outstanding season, like a really good season, but it was one outstanding season out of three. Yeah. And he's only earning two million a year less than Mahomes. Yeah. And you still got the Lamar Jackson contract to come. And Lamar Jackson, who has won multiple yeah. divisional titles, who has won a league MVP. Yeah. What? And Baker Mayfield. We've got to wait for Baker Mayfield as well. Yeah, he won't. I don't think he he's going to get the type of money that Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson will get. But nonetheless, like with the Dak deal earlier this year as well, him getting forty yeah. a year. Veach, he absolutely nailed it. Like Veach and the rep, and Mahomes' representatives, they just absolutely nailed this contract. Forty five million a year is going to be. We already thought it was cheap, but it's now officially cheap. Like everyone turning around saying, "Oh, the Chiefs are going to be in cap hell." No, they're not. They're going to be exactly the same as every other team with a a decent quarterback is going to get paid. The only difference is that we're going to have the better quarterback. Right. We've tied him in for longer as well. Was it ten year deal? We've got him in. Yeah, as well? yeah, we've still got him for another eleven years, haven't we? Under contract, it's just yeah. it's <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, just to put a bit more emphasis on it as well, uh, it's a six year deal worth two hundred and fifty eight million dollars. Uh, which includes 150 million guaranteed, which I think Mahomes is, was uh, 140 million or something guaranteed, okay. wasn't it? Or something, 141 million guaranteed. So, um, well done, Josh Allen. He's he's really kind of he's, he's worked the market there, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah and no, no, this isn't a dig. I'm not digging at Josh Allen here. He was an no. absolute stud last year. He was incredible, but in terms of team achievements. He's behind Mahomes, and he guess he's behind Mahomes in terms of money, but not by much. Two um, million like, behind. You, you <laughs> offer you offer thirty two GMs right now. The which quarterback would they want? They would all take Patrick Mahomes, not Josh Allen. 
And yeah. again, it's not a, it's not a dig at Josh Allen. He's supremely talented. He's an incredible player. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes is the face of the NFL. He is the best player in the NFL. And he's only just getting paid like it now. And in yeah. the next two or three years, he probably won't be paid like the best player in the NFL. We're going to have him on this cheap deal. I don't know if you can call 45 million a year cheap. Um, <laughs> <That'd be five laughs> deals, mate, is it? <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. What a bit of news. What a yeah, bit of news. That is a bit of news, mate. But yeah. um, well done, Josh Allen. Absolutely. Well done, Josh Allen. And well done, Brett Veach. <laughs> Love it. Okay, I think we'll go into the uh, training camp takeaways so far. Um, you actually led with a story on the Arrow headlines uh, this week, didn't you, about Antonio Callaway? I did. Uh, he's, he's apparently enjoying life at the Chiefs. Well, why wouldn't you be? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you be? Um, <clears throat> he's, Callaway is on record as saying that uh, it's, it's a blessing to end up here in this program. The coaches are great. The players are great. The staff are great. It's one big family here. This is the perfect spot. Um, he's really enjoying himself there. And he's actually been quite impressive from, from what I've heard. Uh, they've, he's raised a few eyebrows already with uh, with some of the coaching stuff. Yeah, he's in that battle at the moment, isn't he, for that that sixth wide receiver spot. And yeah. there's, there's a guy that's making a case more so than anyone else, and that's Marcus Kemp. Um, yeah. He seems to be having a really good camp, and he's obviously an excellent special teamer. So Callaway's got his work cut out. He really mm-hmm. has. He's had opportunities in the past in different teams. Obviously, we all know him from that the Hard Knock series a few years ago with with the Browns. Um, I love that Hard Knock series. Yeah, that was brilliant. One yeah. of the better one of the better series that is for sure. The Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Um, but with 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 receiver position, you've got so many guys there vying for like one or two spots. It's going to be tough for Callaway to make the roster. It is, and he's saying that he's enjoying himself and that he's enjoying the coaches and enjoying being part of the family. But we need the coaches to think the same about him. And if they don't think the same about him, then he's not going to make the roster. And in front of him, you've got Robinson, you've got Hardman, you've got Hill, you've got Pringle. Those four are probably locks, well, locks for the uh, final 53. And you've got Mm. Cornell Powell, who's not having a great camp, but he's a fifth-round draft pick, so that already gives him the edge. And then you've got Marcus Kemp and Callaway going for that sixth spot. If the Chiefs decide to keep seven wide receivers, he's laughing. But unless they do he might find himself on the bubble and maybe on the outside looking in come the end of the preseason. It's definitely one of the, the biggest training camp battles, I think, at the moment, isn't it? The wide receiver position. Uh, I think with the fact that Sammy Watkins has obviously moved away and he's gone off to uh, to the Ravens. Um, and it's left that door wide open, really, for the fact that, yeah, everybody's looking at McCall Hardman as being the guy that, you know, the kind of uh, next man up uh, kind of thing. And he's been doing well. He's been doing really well. But the, like you said, it's the wide receivers behind him are really kind of pushing that now. Yeah. And it's 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 going to be fun to watch. Uh, and, and like you said, there's there's so many wide receivers there that that are talented. You know, uh, Pringle's always been on that kind of bubble, hasn't he? That, um, you know, fans want to see more of him because he is quite, you know, he's quite good with his ball security, etc. But yeah, Callaway, yeah, he's 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 got a lot to do. But it's nice to know he's enjoying himself in Kansas City. 
Exactly, exactly. That the receiver room is funny because you've got battles within battles. So like yeah. you've got this whole big pool, and you'd think normally, oh, we're just all battling to make the roster. Well, that's not enough. You're battling for snaps as well, and mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see in the preseason who gets the snaps, who like, who lines up where, who who's going to line up as the backup for Tyreek Hill, who's going to line up as the backup for McCole Hardman, who's going to line up opposite those guys in the three by one sets when you've got Travis Kelsey isolated on the left or on the mm-hmm. right. Who's going to be the three receivers the other side? Is it going to be Hill Hardman Robinson? Is it going to be Hill Hardman? and uh, Pringle is it going to be Hill Hardman and Kemp because Kemp's a completely different receiver to the rest of the guys it's it's fascinating watching probably going to be one of the things that I'm really looking looking at closely over the next few weeks yeah for sure um I've I've just been going through my notes here but there's one thing that's just sprang to mind while we've been talking and it's not actually in my notes but did you see Trey Smith pancake uh, Dan Sorensen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was like I was. I was like, my God, he's just literally just thrown a, a Super Bowl winner on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's such an unfair battle, isn't it? It it's was, so wasn't unfair. it? <laughs> Poor Dan Sorensen. Um, I mean, I would not like to do, to go face to face with Trey Smith because um, I mean, we've we've talked about the the kind of um, edginess that we need in this offensive line and and an offensive line that is he's hungry and angry and Trey mm. Smith just fits that mold so yeah. well, doesn't he? Um, it, I know people are talking about you know whether LDT uh, comes back and and gets his starting position, but um, I, I think the way the Trey Smith's going at the minute, and and like we were saying, he likes the violence, mm-hmm. and I think Chiefs fans like the violence he yeah, brings yeah. as well. <laughs> I can imagine in that scenario we we're just talking about where Sorensen lined up against Trey Smith is where. Like um, the defensive back coaches, is it Madison? He probably said, yeah. right, I need a volunteer to go up against Trey Smith so we can see how he does with like blitz packages when the safety comes up. We need someone to go. And I can always imagine that Dan Sorensen was the type of guy that always went and got the football when it went off the pitch. Yeah. You know, when you were in school and you've got like 10 kids playing, the pitch, the ball gets kicked out of play miles. Dan Sorensen would have been the guy that went and got that ball. And I can just imagine he was nowhere so, near it. He's so keen. He's just so keen. To just so happy to be on the team and just willing to do anything. He just put his hands up and said, I'll go do it. I don't mind. I'll, I'll be the sacrificial lamb. And he was. He got pancaked. Pancaked he's big proper, time. Proper pancaked. <laughs> proper pancaked. Um, the other thing as well that, not, that was noticeable, um, Orlando, Brown, Orlando Brown's mobility, I think, at the moment is, uh, is, is one of the things that's really surprising me. I've never seen Fish really doing that on the left tackle side, you know, that being as mobile as what Orlando Brown's been. Mm-hmm. But there was a, I think there was a play where Mahomes passed it to uh, Demarcus Robinson in the end zone. And Orlando Brown was just manhandling. I don't know who the poor soul was who, who, he was, <laughs> uh, who he was pushing out the way, but Mahomes was like, Mahomes was using him as a blocker to, mm-hmm. to, to, to kind of like spill out left of the pocket. And it was, I don't know if it was designed like that, but it just looked fantastic. And the the, the size of Orlando yeah. Brown, he just towers above everybody else. Remember, Orlando Brown is used to blocking for a quarterback that can move. Where like before, <laughs> we always used to talk about how Mahomes didn't do the tackles many favors because how much he used to move and bail on pockets and backtrack. Like when you backtrack as a quarterback, the tackles, it's like their worst nightmare because they can't get deep enough to stop the rush where Orlando Brown is so used to having Lamar Jackson running for his life behind him and just being all over the place. He knows how to like almost block ad lib. 
when when yeah. things are out of structure Orlando Brown knows how to handle it and it'd be interesting to see how he he does when it when it comes to Mahomes scrambling because Mahomes we know likes to roll out a lot and throw on the run so it'd be it'd be good to see if Orlando Brown can keep up with Mahomes as well as he did with uh, Lamar Jackson and his scrambling ability yeah for sure um there was one last thing I wanted to mention on these uh, takeaways this week it coincides with the uh, what happened recently with the Giants and the Lions after reports of training camp fights from the from both of those camps Andy Reid was asked about his thoughts on trying to prevent fights in camp. His response was, we try to keep the tempo up. I'm not big on fighting. That's not my deal. We're trying to go fast and be accurate and put out on the play. If you do that right, you'll be too tired to fight. (laughs) (laughs) So Andy Reid's idea is just tire them out so they just will not not fight and not have the the energy to fight. Um, I just thought it was a brilliant, brilliant kind of... um, you know, so uh, take they're going for the old um, Homer Simpson tactic when he when he tried his boxing career and he just stood there and took punches and knackered the other guy out. Is that is that <laughs> yeah. what Andy Reid's going for? Who would win in a fight, do you reckon, between the offense and the defense? Um, um, oh God, I was going to say I was going to say defense, but after seeing Trey Smith and Orlando Brown, I, <laughs> I just think, I think <laughs> them two alone would just sort it out. I think <laughs> I think the offense for sure. Um, I mean, the defense. I mean, I mean, credit to them. You know they must see that offensive line coming out now and think, oh my god, I've got I've got to get around this. I've got to get yeah. through this. Well, you know, Chris I, Jones I, isn't having much trouble with that at the moment. He looks fantastic in camp. He does look good, actually. Yeah, yeah. he does look really good. Um, and and again, there was another one where I think there was Orlando. Was it Orlando Brown and oh no, it was Trey Smith and Chris Jones, wasn't it? Mm. And there was just like a one-on-one drill. Yeah. And it was like two worlds colliding. It was two, it was two planets colliding. Like <laughs> it was two big guys, like really giving it their all in training camp as well. That was uh, that was brilliant. Actually, I've just realised there is actually one more um, safety. Devon Key that sounds like a, a lovely kind of tranquil spot in England. That doesn't it? A nice little it kind of seaside town. Devon it does. Key sit on the beach, fish and chips in hand. Seagulls trying yeah. to eat your chips. It sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, apparently he's been um, he, he's been raising a few eyebrows in camp as well, and he's actually been playing some uh, some snaps with Tyron Matthew. And this strange thing is happening with this Tyron Matthew thing. I know everybody's waiting for this uh, mega deal to happen with Tyron, mm. and it's as, as training camp goes on, it doesn't seem to be surfacing. And there's no kind of whispers about it or anything. It's just all guesswork, especially with people on social media about. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And I've just seen lately that the Chiefs have been using um, Thornhill and Devin Key and 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 you know trying to work with Tyron Matthew quite a lot now. Hmm. And it begs the question: Are we actually preparing for life after Tyron Matthew? I don't think so. No? I, I don't think so. They, they play different positions. Devin Key's more so a backup yeah. for Thornhill in the free safety role where. Uh, Tyron Matthews, your more typical strong safety in the box type safety guy that freelances and does basically what he wants. Yeah. Um, but you are, I get why you would think that and why you would have that line of thinking. There has to be a plan. There has to be a post Tyron Matthew plan because mm-hmm. not everything goes the way you want it to. It's not inevitable that Matthew will get a deal. We all think it will happen. We all think mm-hmm. the Chiefs are going to make him the highest paid safety in the league eventually. We think we don't think he's going to be allowed to get to the open market. But at the same time, Brett Feach needs to be planning for 
the potential that Matthew might not be a chief next year. Please don't let that happen. I, I know. I, I can't I imagine him not being a chief. I think I'll cry if Tyron Matthew leads, leads the Chiefs, <laughs> honestly. Um, but Devin Key, he looks like he's up to speed. Pete has singled him out as the guy that's really taken his eye. People are already talking about him being the, the undrafted free agent that makes the team. If anyone's going to make it, it might be him. Um, all we can say is just he just needs to make the most of his opportunities. Fawn Hill is having injury problems in camp. He is He's taking part in some snaps and taking snaps off. So when Devon Key does get a chance to run with the ones, he just needs to bring it. But a guy that's not getting a look in is Armani Watts. So potentially there is uh, a place there for Devon Key to be the four safety on the roster. If he can produce in special teams as well, then there's every chance that he can be on the roster. Three or four months ago, none of us have ever heard of Devon Key. I probably hadn't heard of him two weeks ago. I'm not going to lie. No, but now I'm, I'm if, seeing you, mate. If you come to training camp as an undrafted free agent and people are, and the beat reporters and all the media are saying your name after a week, it means you're doing something right. That Right then, I think we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be giving you our 2021 predictions that are 99.99% certain. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with myself, Brad Simcox, and Tom Childs. We're going to be looking at predictions for the 2021 season that are 99.99% certain will happen, according to Brad and Tom. Slam dunk predictions. <laughs> Slam dunk, yes. Yeah. That's probably even a better, that's a more concise title for it, isn't it? Yeah, maybe we can tell Pete that this is the title of the show. Slam dunk predictions, yes. Slam dunk. I'm fairly confident in mine. In fact, I'm 99%, 99.9% sure that <laughs> mine are going to happen. If they don't happen, we'll have to think of a forfeit of some kind. We'll we revisit this in February. We'll go that's through all of idea, them yeah. and a forfeit open to ideas from the Chiefs Kingdom. Please let us know. <laughs> oh, don't do that. You know what? You know how brutal the Chiefs Kingdom can be if they're giving, <laughs> yeah. out, they're giving out punishment. Jeez. <laughs> Quick sidetrack. You know, I have to do a sidetrack every single show. It's it's my thing now. Like I think I say quick sidetrack every single episode. Quick sidetrack. But I noticed that the Great Bar- Barrier Chiefs nickname is starting to gain some traction. Yeah, it really is starting to gain traction. Um, it was. Uh, it, we mentioned it in obviously in previous shows that um, you know you you actually laughed at it at it because it was so good. <laughs> Great barrier chiefs, um, and I actually responded to a tweet about uh, somebody had actually put on that it was an actual. It, it looked like an absolute wall 
mm. uh, this uh, this Chiefs offensive line. And I just hashtagged the great barrier Chiefs again. And uh, everyone loved it. Yeah. Everyone loved it again. So um, I think people are kind of parking it a little bit just to see, is this going to be, is this all line going to be legit? I think everyone's getting excited about it, but I think they're just holding back from actually naming them and, yeah. you know, christening them that's that actual title legion of zoom point two here we go um the great barrier yeah, chiefs. when the rock, when the rock introduces the team at the super bowl and the chiefs have ran for 200 yards a game and no one's talking about Mahomes. everyone's talking about the offensive line like it's 2003 again and the rock comes in and goes we've got brown tooney humphrey <laughs> smith remmers and collectively they are the great barrier chiefs <laughs> You, we all know that you've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the mark. That's the hallmark there. You've got to make sure that The Rock says it in the intros to the Super Bowl. I think that's that. That's when you know that the the name stuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should we get back? Should we get on with these predictions? Um, yes. Apo- let's apologies, Chiefs Kingdom, for initiating yet another sidetrack. So my my first prediction of the 2021 NFL season that definitely will happen is that at least one of Derek Carr or Drew Locke will be benched this year. Oh, you you're kidding. Really? Seriously? You at least the Raiders will give up. You think the Raiders will give up on Derek Carr? Potentially. I like Marcus Mariota. I don't like him for catching his own touchdown pass and against the Chiefs yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. But in general, I think he is a better quarterback than Derek Carr and can do more for the Raiders' offense because of his own mobility. And I think the Raiders are going to suck enough that they could end up making that move. On the other side of it, with Denver, that's a slam dunk. Drew Locke is not getting past the first six weeks unless he is incredible. They've bought in Teddy Bridgewater for a reason, to challenge Drew Locke. Bridgewater was a starter last year. Bridgewater caused the Chiefs a lot of headaches last year, if we remember rightly, yeah. uh, with, with, the, with the Panthers. So there's every chance that Drew Locke is going to be awful once again and that Teddy Bridgewater is going to come in. And that is my first slam dunk prediction. You don't need to follow on from that. Just give me your first one. That's actually quite a good slam dunk. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll keep that in. I'll keep that similar. I'll keep the uh, the Raiders thing going on there. I'm going to actually say the Raiders are going to finish fourth in the AFC West, and I think that is a slam dunk because hundred percent. We've mentioned before that the Raiders have just stripped out that all line. They've left Derek Carr absolutely exposed. Um, I just think, from what you were saying there about Derek Carr not being mobile, he's just going to get murdered by yeah. every single team they play against. And uh, yeah, like you said, it might coincide with the fact that they might bench him after that. They might think, you know, Gruden might actually think, oh, it might be a QB problem rather than the all-line problem. Yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, I, I think the Raiders are going to finish fourth in the AFC West. And I, I, in fact, it's a shoe in It's definitely for sure going to happen. Yeah, I'm with, you on next one? with you on that one. So my next one, slightly more broader. Thanksgiving games will finally be good because every <laughs> year we sit here 
and I get excited about Thanksgiving games. Every single year, I make a big song and dance about it. Like, we obviously don't celebrate Thanksgiving over here, but to us, yeah. it's excellent because five o'clock in the evening, you have early football during the week. It's just another excuse, basically, to get together with your mates, drink beer and watch football. But yeah. every single year, the games disappoint. They are always terrible. Obviously, last year, we were looking forward to Steelers versus Ravens. But that didn't happen because of COVID. So we ended up with some rubbish Lions game, some rubbish Cowboys game as we do every year. But this year's games look good. Obviously, we've got the Cowboys and Lions at, at home again. The Bears are traveling to Detroit. That should be a sneaky good game with Justin Fields. And then we've got the Oakland Raiders, LA Raiders, apologies, traveling to Dallas Cowboys with Marcus Mariota running rings around Dak, Dak Prescott and everyone else. And then finally, you've got Buffalo Bills at the New Orleans Saints. That is a cracker. And I think finally we are going to get a good slate of Thanksgiving games after years of terrible, terrible football on that Thursday night in November. So are you predicting one of those games is going to be great or all just, of those games are going to be great? I just think we're in for a night of great football. And really? Yeah, it's just about time that we have it on Thanksgiving. I know that's quite a hard thing to predict 16 weeks away from it. But... yeah. That's what I'm going with. Good Thanksgiving game football. Here we go. Sounds good. I'm, I'm all for that, mate, for sure. Okay, I'm going to predict the Chargers to be crowned AFC West champs in week one. <laughs> 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 the talking heads are going to be talking about them forever, and they're going to be saying this is the team that's going to challenge the Chiefs, and it's just going to be all Chargers, 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 Chargers until the wheels fall off somewhere. Or somebody gets injured or something for the for the charges again, and uh, it I sound a bit contradictory here because we have mentioned the charges as being potential yeah. potential yeah. second place, um, you know, contenders for the AFC West this year. But this, I, th- I just think the talking heads are very much wanting to um, crown the charges as early as possible to say that they were right because they've been wrong so many times in the yeah. past. But as soon as the charges look good. And I think Herbert is going to have a good season as well. I think they're going to really go all in on the Chargers being the team to topple the Chiefs this year. Yeah, I, I don't think that's too controversial. Um, I, I would say what we've said so far are fairly predictable. I, yeah. I'm shocked that they haven't gone for Chiefs Chargers in week three as prime time. Giving it as a, a noon slot it, to me is baffling because it yeah, promises really. to be one of the, the games of the year. I think it's going to be a cracking game because mm-hmm. the Chargers always play well against the Chiefs. We do struggle with them. Uh, Mahomes does struggle with them. And Justin Herbert is a very good quarterback. So, yeah, I'm surprised that they haven't made more of that game. But to our benefit, because obviously we get the earlier earlier kickoff. Yeah. So my, my third prediction, there will be several, and I mean several, instances of commentators saying Arrowhead Stadium as opposed to Gerhard Field very much to the annoyance of Clark Hunt. This will happen all of the time. And the commentators are going to get slaps on the wrist constantly. Scott Hansen's going to get it on red zone. Jim Nance is going to get it. Joe Buck's going to get it. All of them are going to be annoyed. It's going to be happening on NFL Network. They're going to be saying Arrowhead Stadium. Every time they talk about noise, they're going to say Arrowhead Stadium. You, yeah. Although the Chiefs have changed the name of the stadium officially to Gerhard Field at Arrowhead Stadium, 
no one is going to use it. The only times it will be used is when it will come up on a graphic and it will say Gerhard Field. I can guarantee that this is going to take years, and I mean years, for people to get used to. And at that point, Gerhard might have pulled all their money out because they're not seeing the benefit because no one's using the name anyway. Now, interesting is it Geha or is it G-E-H-A? Because if it's G-E-H-A, I can understand how the commentators will just go, do you know what? I don't really want to say G-E-H-A yeah. at the field at Arrowhead Stadium because it's just too much of a mouthful. Even when, the way you're saying it there, Geha um, field at Arrowhead. It, yeah, even I had to think about it then. I'm not used to it yet. No. So, and, and I think... A lot of, I mean, a lot of the Chiefs fans are just going to call it Arrowhead Stadium. It's just what we've always called it, isn't it? And it's always what we, we want it to be, Arrowhead Stadium. All right, then my third one is, um, I think some of these are going to be quite shoo-ins again. Uh, I think Sneed's actually going to get five-plus interceptions this year, which is, I think, actually quite low. I think there's a, there's a minimum there. I think he's probably going to be looking at least seven. Seven would be an outstanding season. Wouldn't it? It would yeah. be outstanding. Um, potentially. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Yeah, five seems like such a small amount, especially when you think 17 games and what he mm. got three or four last year, was it? That yeah, Steve he got? did, yeah. So, yeah. And he missed some time as well. Um, maybe, like, if he's playing on the outside, he might get ignored. If he's playing that well that to the point where the quarterbacks mm. aren't throwing at him, then they, maybe there might not be the opportunities. Last year, when he was playing inside in the slobs, it gave him more opportunities to jump in front of balls and under-thrown balls, for example. But mm. he has the skill. I, I don't think it's outlandish. I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't call it a slam dunk because I think anything um, stat related is a slam dunk because obviously you have the added uh, worry of injuries and et cetera and yeah. players just breaking down. So yeah, um, you can have that as a slam dunk. And if it doesn't happen, the forfeit is for you because I don't <laughs> have that as a slam dunk. You don't have that as a slam right. dunk. All right, okay. <laughs> But I have the next one as a slam dunk. Go on. Patrick Mahomes will crack out a behind-the-back pass. Patrick Mahomes will catch more snaps in motion. And Patrick Mahomes will catch a TD pass this year. All those have got to come true. All of all them those have to come true. All of those have got to happen. Mate, you're Every doing the forfeit. <laughs> Every single one of them will happen. The behind-the-back pass is going to happen on a swing play. It is just going to happen. They are going to work that into, into the thing, 100%. Or he's going to run down, he's going to pretend to do a sprint out, and he's going to do a behind-the-back to Travis Kelsey, who's going to release his block to then catch an inside screen, which they've done a few times. Something like that yeah. will happen. Yeah, yeah. The, the motion, the Mahomes in motion needs to happen more because mm. it was highly effective when it did get used last year. They, yeah. they went through a patch in the middle of the season where they were using Mahomes in motion. They used it against the Carolina Panthers. They didn't know how to defend it. I remember, I think it was Demarcus Robinson that fronted up his guy, then ran the route, and it, it was executed perfectly. But then it kind of went away, and we didn't really see it again. I would like to see them do that again. And then Mahomes catching a TD pass, that is 100% happening, because Travis Kelsey wants to throw passes. Tyreek Hill wants to throw passes. I think they threw one last year to Mahomes. I, I can't remember what game it was. I think it was the, um, it might have been the yeah. Patriots game where, what well, was it? The corner, didn't you? Tyree killed that just threw like a, a jump ball to Mahomes when we all went crazy. But I think they're going to be smarter with it. I don't think they're going to use it in these dangerous situations. They might use it when we're, we're goal to go and they managed to get Mahomes completely wide open just for a little gimme. But all three of them is gonna, are going to happen this year. 
I put you think, put your house you think, on it. Put your you house think the behind it. the back pass is going to happen. Yeah, hundred percent. It's going to happen in that sort of scenario I was talking about, where he's going to sprint out behind the back pass in an inside pass to Travis Kelsey. No one is going to know where the ball is. So basically, you know where he throws the underhand passes. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be he's going to be running, but he's going to be a behind the back into Travis Kelsey, and everyone's going to go absolutely mental. Can you imagine the meltdown on yeah. social media? Can you imagine it? The Brady, the Brady lovers will be will be hating on Mahomes again. Yeah. <laughs> what separates Patrick Mahomes from everyone else is that everyone can do what he does. So everyone, yeah. every quarterback in the league can throw a left-handed pass. Every quarterback in the league can throw a no-look pass. Every quarterback in the league can throw a behind-the-back pass. They all have the ability to do it. I do not doubt that. The difference is that Mahomes does it. And that's what separates <laughs> yeah. him from everyone else, that he has the balls, the cojones, the confidence to actually try these things where the other guys won't. And that's what makes Mahomes so special. All of those guys have the ability, but they won't do it. They won't call their own number. They won't go for it. They're scared of the consequence. Mahomes isn't scared of the consequence, and nor is Andy Reid, because he trusts the guy and he knows the ability that he has. Well, I'll be interested to see that one. Like I said, I hope the behind-the-back pass happens, because I think you've been waiting that for, for that for the last two years. I think you've Ever since he threw the left-hander, yeah. <laughs> left I've wanted a behind-the-back pass from him, and this year we're finally going to get it. So if you're listening, Patrick, Tom... Need you to get him out of jail here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, my fourth one. I think are we on the fourth one now? I think we are, aren't we? Uh, Chris Jones to get 10 plus sacks this year. Now, it probably doesn't sound that much when you look at it, but he's, I think he's only ever surpassed 10 sacks in one season so far. Um, yes, okay, he has been on the interior, which is seems a little bit more difficult than it would be on the edge. And he has probably had, I think he's had, has he had a six and a half, seven and a half? I'm just looking stats. it up, right? You're just looking I'm, them up I'm, now, aren't you? I am looking it up for you. I, I did look at this earlier, but I didn't note it down. <laughs> he's had a 15 and a half sack season. You are yeah, correct. That... You are, Do you know what? I thought you were wrong. I'm not going to lie. When you said that he's only been above 10 sacks once, I thought, yeah. that's not right. Brad's made uh... that up. And so I started looking it up, thinking that I just need to come in now. We're going to have to re-record this bit so he doesn't look so stupid. But in <laughs> fact, it's me that looks stupid. You're right. He's got two, I am right. and a half, 15 and a half, nine, and seven and a half. He told 40 and a half sacks. So he doesn't average 10 sacks a season. No, exactly. So I think he will actually get 10 plus sacks this year. Yeah, slam dunk it. And which seems mad yeah. considering what we were just talking about in terms of previous... Um, production but yeah from the edge from interior i think that i we talked about a few weeks ago how we expect the whole of the defensive line to up their game in terms of sacks because they have been a bit lacking since the 2018 season as a whole this year i expect them to get more sacks when especially because we're going to what we're going to talk about in a minute with the offense being much better and mm-hmm. leading to more passing situations for the defense I, yeah 100 percent, chris jones 10 sacks i'm slam dunking that with you okay so my fifth and final prediction a little bit of a tease a second ago. So I believe that the Chiefs 2021 season will look a lot like the 2018 season. The really fun rookie, well, not rookie, first year starting Mahomes season when the Chiefs just went off and averaged stupid amount of points and they averaged stupid amount of points against. So I yeah. believe that the Chiefs will average more points per game scoring in 2019 and in 2020, and they will also average more points allowed than in 2019. 
and 2020. If you want some numbers here, yeah, give us 2018, some the Chiefs offense averaged 35.31 points a game. The Chiefs defense allowed 26.31. In 2019, the Chiefs offense scored 28.18 points per game, allowed 19.25, which is incredible. In 2020, the Chiefs scored 29.5 points a game, but allowed 22.62. And in my opinion, I think that the offense is going to make that much of a jump that we're looking closer to the 35 points per game scoring. But obviously that comes with consequence because it means that the, the opposing team knows they have to score more and will be more aggressive. Yeah. So I think we're looking closer to the 26.3 points allowed. We're going to be in one of those, it's just going to be one of those seasons where the Chiefs are going to rack up points after points after points, but so are the other team as well. There's going to be some mm-hmm. tough games for the defence. They're going to really have to try and pin their ears back and get after quarterbacks because I feel like we're going to see an approach that the Panthers adopted last year, that the Raiders adopted last year, where teams are going to be aggressive, going for it on fourth downs, really attacking the Chiefs' defence in order to try and keep up with the offence. And on the other side, I think the offence are going to be incredible. With the new offensive line, with all the clever play calling, with all the added weapons, I just feel like we're going to look at this season and when we get to the end of it, we're going to be like, yeah, that reminds us a lot of 2018, but the difference being hopefully with a Super Bowl appearance slash win at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think there's there's a lot being said about the scorched earth philosophy going on with uh, with Mahomes and Co. in this offense. Um, you're right. I mean, the game's changing a lot, isn't it? That um, you know, defenses are getting a bit more physical in 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 terms of blitz and blitz packages that they have at the minute. And I think there's a lot of teams actually looking at that further forward. It's crazy to think in Mahomes' career as well how effective he's been. I mean, you looked up at a, a stat before, didn't you, Tom? And we were both checking that and scratching our heads thinking this can't be right you you found out that Mahomes has only lost 10 games in like his four years that he's actually been playing in the NFL 10 games yeah it's crazy isn't it like we're at the point with Patrick Mahomes where when we look back at his career he's going to have that few losses that we're going to be able to remember every single one individually (laughs) Like, yeah, there's always going to be moments of each game which we're going to remember because losses are that few and far between. Leading yeah. off the 10 game, the 10 loss uh, stat in those games, the Chiefs average 35.7 points allowed. That's insane. And outside of the Super Bowl, Mahomes has given the Chiefs an opportunity to win the game or at least yeah. kept them within one score. So if, for example, if if the defence does play the way it has done for the last two years and keeps the points down to a minimum, we might be in a, be in a position where we will see more blowouts if the offence does make the step up to 2018. If the offence yeah. goes to 2018 level and the defence stays at 2019, 2020, then you're talking about a potential undefeated season. But if both things, what we talking about earlier, where they go back to, to revert to 2018 level, yes, it's going to be incredibly exciting, but we're also going to see a lot of opposing uh, offences scoring. So it's, it's weighing up. How do you want it? For me, I don't really care as long as the Chiefs are winning games. The 2018 season will always be special to me because it was just a, a human highlight package in my homes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping we get that again because as, as great as my homes is, his highlight package from the last two years isn't as good as his first year. No. And which sounds crazy when you think about it, because there are so many good plays in the last two years. Like yeah. incredible. Like the last two years is a normal career's worth of highlights. 
But that 2018 season will always be so special because of what he managed to produce. And we were talking a minute ago about behind the backs and all this stuff like that. Yeah. He can produce that and collectively as an offence, they can go back to that sort of level. Then this season's going to be so much fun. Just you saying that then, it actually, I, I did think there that, yeah, his individual kind of um, performance was a lot better back in 2018, wasn't it? His individual kind of thing. But his highlights in, were better. His highlights, yeah. Yeah. But like you were saying there, he seems to have been more kind of uh, team-driven in the last few seasons where they've developed players a lot better, haven't they? More successful players. I mean, I know you you showed one recently on Twitter, which was against the Raiders, I think, where Mahomes was in motion. It was all focused around dragging the defence uh, out, trying to follow Mahomes. And then, you know, Kelsey did that underarm pass to, uh, was it Pringle, I think it was? Yeah. It's those kind of plays that we're looking at now, rather than, like you said, the left-handed passes, the the amazing pass at the back of the end zone to Conley that, uh, against the 49ers. You know, that those kind of things, those individual kind of um, amazing skills that we've seen him do. Yeah. He's very much more team-driven, more team-focused now than individuals. Yeah, I don't think it's just that either. I think he's probably more comfortable with the structure of an offense with an yeah. NFL offense where the first year looked a lot like he kind of like his college years where he could just yeah. basically <laughs> and do what he wanted. And it, everyone was cool with it where now he, he knows the offense, he knows the playbook, he knows what he's doing. And yeah. so he can just sit in the pocket or roll out if he wants to and make the throws that he, that he feel like he can make. Okay. My uh, fifth and final one is, I mean, this is this is the slam dunk of all slam dunks here. There's there's nothing coming back off this one. Mahomes to reach five thousand plus yards. He's going to play sixteen games at least. I think so. Yeah, I think so. he's going to nail that, isn't yeah. he? But there's no way in hell I can sit here and make a slam dunk slam dunk prediction that the Chiefs are going to go to 2018 and then not predict that he's going to reach five thousand <laughs> yards. I just can't do it. I have to. I have to back you on that one. <laughs> See, I, I kind of drew you in there. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you had to back that one. All right, that's all we've got time for this week. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can listen to the Great British Chiefs show every Saturday as we build up to the start of the new season. And if you have time, please consider leaving us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts on how we're actually doing. You can also listen to more Chiefs-related content on the Hourhead Pride podcast network. But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you.